You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. And so uh, let's go this morning to the book of Hebrews in chapter number 11. I won't keep you standing. Hebrews chapter 11, and read with me a familiar scripture to you, a, a familiar text. I understand I'm cutting in the middle, and I'm also cutting it short, but I want to. this is where I feel that we need to be. Starting in verse number 8, Hebrews 11 and verse number 8. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one as, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Will you back up to that last verse one more time, and I want it fresh on your mind. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, think about that, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I want to minister to you this morning. I'll pray and let you be seated. But on the thought, on verse number 13, the thought, the promises are far off. Now that's hard for us to grasp. But the promises that are afar off, that we're believing God for. And this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And I'm praying this, I'm asking you this morning to pray with me that God would help us to minister and to be effective today and encouraging your faith. Will you pray? Father, I love you today, and I thank you, God, again for one more opportunity, Lord, to stand up here and to rightly divide this great word, the only word of truth that we have to us today. I pray for every individual that is here today and those that are listening live. I'm asking that you would open our ears, our spiritual ears, to properly hear our heart that we may receive your word. And Lord, I'm praying for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon me, to help me, Lord, to preach your already anointed word. I know the task before me is greater than what I am, so I pray for your help. And Lord, I'm, I pray, I, 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 I tell you this morning, God, uh, that uh, uh, I promise to give you all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it, and everybody says, Amen. I must have something important to say. I haven't stumbled through a prayer that long, and I can't remember when, but nevertheless, uh, we're going to get started this morning. A couple of weeks ago, I say a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I preached on a message that came from 2 Kings in chapter number 6, when Elisha the prophet 
and his servant was sitting in a house, and the title of my message was From the Natural to the Spiritual, From the Natural View to the Spiritual View. I can't get away from that thought, and so I don't want to purposely move away from that thought. It's still in my spirit, it's still in my heart, and so I'm not going to re-preach it, but I want to build upon that. The problem in 2 Kings chapter 6 that the king of Syria was having was that the Lord was telling the prophet of God, the man of God, Elisha, all of the secrets that he was telling in his bedchamber. The Lord is able to reveal to us things in regards to warning us and helping us and encouraging us. See, there's one thing that we don't know in this life, and, and that is our future. Nobody in here knows what tomorrow holds, but God knows what tomorrow holds. We are familiar with our past, and we're familiar with the present, but when it comes to future, we don't know what future holds, but the Lord knows what is in our future, and He's able to lead us, guide us, and direct us in a way that it will prepare us for what is coming tomorrow. Amen. And so when we looked at that story, and, and I, I, I got to just use it as a foundation, is, is the, the servant or the, the king of Syria told them, he asked them, who is on the Israel side? And they said, nobody is on Israel's side. But there's a prophet down there that's sitting in Israel. And he's telling them every time that you're going to attack, he's telling them and they're preparing for that attack. And we can't get around that. And they said, where is this prophet? And they told him where he was at. And so they prepared and they went with an army and they surrounded the, the man of God, Elisha, while he was still in his home, he's still in his bedchamber, and he was uh, prepared to attack him and to shut up Elisha forever. The servant got up that morning and looked out the window with fear. We know he looked out with fear because Elisha told him, fear not. He said, Elisha, the multitude... The armies of Syria, the horsemen thereof, they've surrounded us. And Elisha said, Fear not, for they that be with us are greater than they that be with them. That'll preach. I don't care what service we're at. That'll preach. But I want to tell you this morning, what he was trying to say was, and he prayed it, God, open up the eyes of thy servant that he may see that they that be with us are greater than they that be with them. It doesn't matter if all of hell, all of the enemies of hell are enlisted and they are called out against you. They that be with us are still greater than they that be with them. And the armies of God, when they opened up the eyes of the servant, Elisha prayed to strike them with blindness. And after they were struck with blindness, then he led them to where the king of Israel was. From the natural to the spiritual. You got to get that because it's building up on where we're at today. From the natural to the spiritual. If we was not so consumed by the natural circumstances and we could see what God is really doing in the spiritual, well, we would be at ease and we would be at a place where we fear not and we could continue on about the things of God. The devil, let me tell you this, I preached that two or three weeks ago. I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Did the devil leave you alone? No. He didn't leave you alone. He's not going to just back off. Look, the devil's not afraid of me. Not afraid of what I preached. 
But what I was hoping to do is to change your point of view and be a point of view of faith. When we start looking again at what God is doing and not be consumed by our natural circumstances. Come on, I don't know when you're quiet this morning. There's several of you calling me lately and we got a lot of things going on. I'm preaching to me too. We got a lot of things going on in our life. Amen. And if the devil can take you out of the fight of faith, the only fight that we're supposed to be fighting, and get you to fight within your home, within your marriage, within your children, within your job, he can defeat us. But if we stay with the fight of faith, the fight that we are supposed to be consumed with, then we know that victory is always guaranteed. I hope that we encourage your faith enough that you believe God, and it got you a little further, a little bit closer to the Lord. Now I got here this morning... In my office last night, I, I did something I don't normally do, but last night, and Sister Becky will witness to that, on a Saturday night, I, I normally don't start making footnotes for the service on Sunday morning. That's just not me. I get up on Sunday morning, and I, I, I get in my office, and I get here way early because, I don't know, my mind may not be as sharp as some other pastors, and so I want it fresh on my mind. And I get here, and I know where I'm going to be most generally, and I start making footnotes, and, and I start getting prepared for Sunday morning. I want, to be, I want to be here. I've had people say, hey, can I meet with you before service on Sunday morning? I said, no, sir. No, ma'am, you can't. I've got a congregation of people, and I've got a message to give, and I want my mind consumed with that. And so uh, any other time but not then. And, and so I got the Saturday evening. We come in uh, from Jonesboro. I went in on the kitchen table, and you know what I did? I was ahead of the game. I made all of my notes for this morning. Oh, I was ahead of it. Made my notes, I sat in there for a while, got everything prepared, walked in this morning, went in my office, set my things down, come in here and had a little alone time with the Lord, walked straight to my office, pulled my notes out and throw them straight in the trash. That's what I did. I throw them in the trash. Because I was brought back here, the things that I prepared for, I prepared wrongly. And I, I want to tell you, I don't tell you that as a boastful way, but I tell you that to, I was brought back to this scripture in Hebrews, and it complements that message. And I know that when the Lord does that, that He is speaking to somebody specifically, getting somebody ready. So as I try to follow the Lord I, and what He drops in my spirit, I pray that it's an encouragement to you. I want to say this. I promise I haven't left my title. I'll come back to a Faith Worship Center as a church. It's not no secret here, but individually, me as an individual, God has promised some big things and put some big things in my spirit, in my heart. We are believing God for big things. We're believing God for big things. We took advantage, and I, I know I'm just talking, but I promise I'll come right back. We took advantage of when we were supposed to be shut down and we uh, remodeled and we added some seating. Now we're adding some parking. In my spirit, in my heart, I, I've got the Lord has put big things that I've shared with nobody, nobody at all. It's between me and the Lord. I'm praying about those things. But you know what? Sometimes I'll have an elder walk up and they'll say, I want you to know you need to get ready for what is to come. 
It's a few times Brother Junior's come to me and said, look, God has put some big things in my heart. You need to be ready for what is to come. And we, we just, we're just beginning to crack the surface. Uh, I had a man call me one day, and I won't point him out, but a man called me one day and said, I want you to know. He called me broken with tears flowing down his face, and I, I could barely understand him because he was so broken. But he said, the Spirit of the Lord dropped something in my heart today and told me to call you. And he said, Faith Worship Center has been through a great shaking uh, but the shaking that we've been through will not shake the foundation that we've built upon. You need to get ready for the blessings of the Lord. We've withstood the shaking. The foundation still stands. And the foundation is something that God is able to build upon. When we build upon the rock and not upon the sand, Jesus would say, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I want you to know God has put some big things in my heart for faith. Faith Worship Center, Faith Worship Center, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Uh, an inheritance is coming. Blessings are coming. The things that God has put in our spirit, they will come to pass. Now, I've learned that greater the promise, greater the trial. Greater the promise, greater the trial. Listen to what I'm saying. Greater the promise. Greater the trial. Some of you are believing God for big things and sitting back and wondering, wow, that my world is being tore apart. I'm believing God to restore this, and why is it more tore up than it's ever been? I'm believing God for family, and why are we worse off than what we've ever been? Greater the promise. Greater the trial. Look, at, look in the Scripture. Everyone that received a great inheritance, a great inheritance, the greater the trial. Moses told Caleb, you come back with a good report. I tell you what, the Lord is going to give you Hebron, the best of the best. They got to Hebron. It was several years later. They got, we got over in the promised land. Caleb said, hey, Joshua, I know Moses is not with us any longer, but he said I could have Hebron. Well, that's the best of the best, and the Lord did promise you that. But you need to know the greatest of all giants are in that land. Caleb says, I don't care. God promised it to me. Joshua said, that was 40 years ago. Caleb said, I'm as strong now as I was in the day that I crossed the Jordan River. God said it was mine. I want that. You'll have to defeat every giant. I'll defeat them. You'll have to overcome their sons. I'll overcome them. God promised it. The greatest of all enemies was there, but the greatest... The greatest of the land was there. The greater the promise, the greater the trial. And they were believing God for, for, for great things. So I want to encourage you today, and I want to look at this text just a little bit. I want to go back to verse number 8. The promises are far off. Watch, watch with me through the text. You can follow along in your Bible or follow along on the screen either way. But in verse number 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place that should be after received for an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. He had no idea. He didn't know anything about the land. He didn't know nothing about the land. Let me tell you something. Abraham didn't go with a small company. He had a lot of a family, a lot of people, a lot of servants. He had a lot of livestock. You don't just up and move livestock and everything without a source of water. 
without making means for all of this. He didn't know where he was going, but the Lord said, go. So what did he do? He obeyed the Lord, and he went one step behind another and went into a land that he didn't know anything about. Uh, The inheritance, watch this. The inheritance was dependent upon his obedience. The inheritance was dependent upon his obedience. But the reason he obeyed is because he had faith. He had faith in a God that had never failed him. Now there's a lot of talk. Let me bring this into balance here and I'll move on. There's a lot of talk about faith and I'm not teaching on this this morning. Faith and works and obedience and there's a lot of confusion. Let me be clear this morning. Proper faith. Proper faith is faith in Jesus Christ and what He has accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary. That's proper faith. Not only is that proper faith, that is the only faith that God recognizes. The Holy Spirit works through our faith in Christ and what He did for us on the cross of Calvary. That is the only way that He works. Watch this. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is going to do when you place faith in Christ and what He done for you on the cross of Calvary? John 16, He begins to lead you, guide you, and direct you in life. He's telling you the things that don't need to be apart. He's telling you the things that needs to be added. He is leading you in every direction of life. Do you know, understand, that in order for me to be what God wants me to be, i got to obey Him. I've got to obey Him. My, let me say it like this, and I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to get on law or legalism. But my acts of obeying Him is the works that should follow because of my proper faith. You see, the majority of the church is basing your relationship with God off of works. When works is really just a byproduct of my faith. <laughs> I be with my dad as a child. Watch this. Take a shovel and dig a hole. And as a kid, you know, you're just barely, you know, flicking a little dirt. Dad would say, son, all you got to do is fill up the back of that shovel. The front will take care of itself. Just fill the back of it up. Well, that meant I had to push all the way. Get a big scoop. You know what? If you have faith and you obey because of faith, The works will be a product because you obeyed. They'll take care of themselves. And so what we understand, faith without works is dead. The Bible says proper faith will always produce our proper works. But here's what I want you to see. There's a lot of confessing, a lot of confessions that has no evidence, which is works, no evidence that follow. Here's the long and short of it. If there's no evidence, there's a reason for that. It's because there's no faith. If there's no works, there's no faith. If the old man is still alive, it's because a new man has not been resurrected. When I believed, placed my faith in Christ and what He did for me on the cross of Calvary, I was baptized into Christ. His death, His burial, His resurrection, and I was raised up to live in the newness of life. God never raises up what He buried. If there's faith, there's been a transformation. If there's no transformation, there is no faith. 
And without faith, there's no life. I spend more time on this verse. I may come back to this tonight. Without faith, there's no life. Look, there will be a change. You're advertising something. A new man or you're advertising an old man. And an old man that has not been crucified with Christ, that professes that he's a Christian, but there's no fruit that's being produced, is a false advertisement for the Lord. I know it's straight, but it's true this morning. Now, the works was a byproduct of that. The reason that Abraham stepped out, verse number 8, and obeyed is because he had faith in God and the promises of God. He obeyed. Listen, (laughs) we don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you have faith in Christ and what he did on the cross, then you are being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're not setting stagnant. You're not setting stagnant. You're not setting neutral in your relationship with God. You are growing in the Lord because the Holy Spirit is bringing you what? Into all truth. That's good preaching this morning. He's bringing you into all truth. The evidence of your salvation is that we are being changed. Verse number 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. I love verse number 9. The promises of God continued and were passed around. You got grandpa, you got dad, and you got son, grandchild, sitting here together. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were dwelling together in tabernacles. And as they dwelled together, the Bible talks about them telling about the promises of God that are to come. See, Father Abraham was passing on the word of the Lord to his son and to his grandson. Oh, that's good. Passing on the word of the Lord to his son and the grandson. And you know what? The promise that God gave Abraham was not void by Isaac or Jacob. It carried on. And the promises of God continued on through their lineage. I said that to tell you this, and I'm not preaching on training up a child, but I said that to tell you this. One reason that we believe God for, the, for His promises and what He drops in our heart is because there's a generation that is coming up after us I said there's a generation that's coming up after us that needs to be able to tell about the things of grandpa. They need to be able to tell about the things of their dad. They need to be able to tell about the things of the elders in their church. Uh, See, you're not just believing for you. You're believing for them ones that God blessed you with. There's a generation coming up. You know, David, can't recall the scripture, but David killed a giant by the name of Goliath. But years later, they faced some more giants. And according to history, the giants they faced were descendants of Goliath. They were actually his sons. And one of David's children, his sons, jumped up and said, I'll go fight. I can defeat that giant. And went out and defeated that giant. It was David's son that killed the son of Goliath. I can't help but to think that somewhere along the line, David sat down and said, hey, you know what? 
There were years ago that there was this uncircumcised Philistine that had begun to defy the armies of the living God. And God dropped it in my heart that I could bring back his head. So I went ahead and girded up my loins. I got me five smooth stones and I made my way down into a valley. I shouted out to that giant, you come to me in a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And by the power of God, he slayed that giant, took his sword and brought back his head. I want you to know, moms and dads and grandparents, your children need to hear about the things that God has done in your life. They need to know that this miracle working powerful God is still available for them today. They need to know that. They sit around, there's no secret that there's generations that are watching us that need to know that when this world fails them, and listen, generations coming up, teenagers, this world will fail you. And you need to know when this world fails you, not if, when this world fails you, that there's a God that will never fail you. Now, verse number 10. Let's go to verse number 10. For he looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. I want you to think about this. I got to, can I come back to it? Abraham is sitting with Isaac and Jacob in tabernacles and talking about the things of the Lord. But by faith, he sojourned into a land that he didn't know anything about, nothing about. He didn't know where there was going to be food for their animals, where there was going to be water. But he went ahead and he followed by faith. Now, we could go back and there's several other things. All Abraham did was by faith. He did. He believed, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He, he walked by faith. He was, he's the known as the father of our faith because it was to him that the revelation of justification by faith was given. What kept him going? He looked. Far away look. He looked for a city whose builder, I don't know where I'm going to find water today, but you know what? I'm looking for a city that, I don't know where I'm going to rest my animals, but I'm still looking for a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. And believer, I want to tell you today that this world that we live in, no secret to you, is full of problems. This world is full of sickness. It's full of disease. It's full of sorrow. It's full of heartache. It's full of distraction. It's full of destruction. It is full of all of these things. But I want you to know also that we need to keep in the back of our mind so that it can be moved to the forefront of our mind that there's still a heaven that awaits. Uh, that is no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more prayer lines, no more funerals, uh, no more death. Uh, a place that is perfect. Uh, a place of streets of gold uh, and rubies uh, and the like is Jesus Christ Himself. Uh, I want you to know today uh, this world is not my home. We're just passing through. Keep your eyes on the promise of an eternal life that awaits for us. 
Paul would say it like this, 2 Timothy 4 and 6. I want you to think about this. In 2 Timothy 4 and 6, he would, he would tell us, if we can bring it up real quick. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And look at verse number 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not only to me only, but unto all of them that love His appearing. I want you to know the day will come that you will stand before God and He will place a crown of righteousness upon your head. And the cares of this world will not even be a fault because they won't compare to the things that await for us. There's coming that day. Verse number 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And verse number 11, just briefly, even though at one point Sarah laughed, was the furthest thing that she could ever believe. She judged God's faithful. Here's something that I want to point out about her that includes every single one of us. Sarah, we could point out error in everybody, but we're talking about Sarah here. When she quit believing the promise, she told Abraham, why don't you take Hagar? Maybe God meant for just you and not me. Take Hagar. Have a child. That was her idea. When she got up in age, 90 years of age, the Lord said, I haven't forgot about you. It's still going to be with you. She laughed. You know why you laugh? Because it's the most unrealistic thought that could ever happen. She just busted out laughing. I've done that. Somebody tell me something that's most unrealistic. I've laughed. I've literally laughed. I thought, that is so ridiculous. I don't know what else to do but laugh. Sarah laughed. Here's what I want you to point I want to point out about Sarah that includes all of us, and I'm sorry I already included you with myself this morning. Even though Sarah was not always faithful, God was always faithful to her. Sarah was not always faithful. Okay, I'll preach to me. I've not always been faithful to God, but he's always been faithful to me. I'd have to judge him faithful this morning because he's always been faithful to me. And verse number 12. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Verse number 11. Or verse number 12, I'm sorry. We have the birth of Isaac, the miracle, produced by faith. This would begin the fulfillment of the promise that God gave Abraham many years before. Though Abraham would never see it, because he continued to believe Isaac, he saw Jacob. He didn't see the generations that was to come, but it was the beginning of the promise. You see, even though that Abraham never saw everything that God promised him, he was gracious enough to him to let him see the beginning of it. And the beginning of it was proof 
that everything that he promised him. Look, if God, <laughs> Sarah's 90, Abraham's 11, you're going to have a child. They laughed. She wasn't laughing when she got pregnant. Not funny no more. If God could do that, give them a child at that age, then they believed that all things were possible. Believed in hope against all hope. Because somebody believed, because somebody believed the beginning of the promise. You never, listen, you never know what your faith will produce. You never know what your faith will produce, what you're believing God for, what is going to be the end result. So I encourage you to believe. And here's where I really want to be, verse number 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, are persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They died in faith, which literally means that they believed on their deathbed. They believed on their deathbed that the things that God had promised them was going to come to pass. They never received them in the natural, but in their spirit they seen them afar off and knew that the plan of God would be fulfilled. Abraham and Sarah, they were both human. At times they considered the deadness of their womb, and I know Romans chapter 4, but at times... They considered the deadness of their womb. It was when they quit considering the deadness that the promise was fulfilled. At time they considered how that the promise was not coming to pass. There was a time when Abraham had to camp at the altar for a while. But God permitted him to camp at the altar until he was ready to go forward. Times they couldn't get past their age. Times they couldn't get past the impossibility of their birth. But deep down in their heart, listen, they still believed that foundation of faith that God was able to do anything that God wanted to do. And I got to believe that in the life of every believer today. And even when things look impossible, we still believe that God is able to do whatever He wants to do. I know some good believers today, I mean, good brothers in Christ, and I don't mean this unkind, please don't take me that way, but some people that will confess that they don't believe in healing no longer. But when it's them that got the bad doctor report, I get that private message on my phone that says, I know that you pray, I got this report, please remember me and ask God to heal me. You see, deep down in the foundation of their heart, even though they thought it was an impossibility for a while, something deep said, God is still able to heal you. It was stirred up. And in Abraham's heart, deep down, he still knew that God was able to do anything that he wants to do. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, when it comes to impossibilities, God is still God, and besides Him there is no other. 
And we need to keep in mind who God is. God is God that created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that within Him is. Everything is by Him. Everything is made by Him. And nothing is without Him. I want you to know this morning, uh, my Bible is not just a storybook. I believe God is still able to part the waters. Uh, He's still able to quench the fire. He's still able to fill the multitude. uh, And He is still able to meet your need today. Uh, He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is the Lord thy God that changes not. All powerful, all deficient. He is God and besides Him there's not another. We need to remember that. All things are possible by God. Watch this. Um, Persuaded. The Bible says they were persuaded. It literally means, and i got to break this down. They were consoled. You know what it means to be consoled? It means to be comforted. They were comforted in their time of trial and tribulation. The one thing that comforted them is they had a word from the Lord. I see what's going on. I know what's happening. And in the natural, I hate it. But in the spiritual, the one thing that gives me comfort is that God has spoken to my heart. I'll say this just for example. I started pastoring when I was 26. I know I brought this up before, but I'm going to say it again. I never met so many people that had so much advice on what to do that had never pastored a church. I'm 26. You need to do this, that. You need to do this. You need to, Brother, Brother Chad, you know what I'm talking about. You need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And, and I got along with the Lord and said, God, do I need to be doing all of this? And God said, you just need to follow me. The word that he gave me before this church ever voted on me, it's time for you to follow me and not man, was the word that consoled me and comforted me. Somebody... I don't mean this unkind. I'm not, I'm not saying this to be offensive or any other reason. I'm just trying to show you. But as a pastor, pastoring a church, it hurts when somebody just walks out and leaves. Why does it hurt? You know why it hurts? Because you're not there in the mornings when I'm praying for you and I'm praying for your family and I'm praying that God would bless your home. I'm praying for your needs and then for... Somebody, look, I'm not playing a pity party. I'm just trying to give an example. But for somebody to not care enough about you to come and talk to you, they just walk out and leave. That hurts. That rips your heart out because you have poured your heart out to them to trying to love them and trying to console them. So that, you understand what I'm saying. But the one thing when somebody would walk out and leave or didn't care enough about me, or prayer or anything to just just go on and do their own thing. The one thing that comforted me was God's Word. It's time for you to follow me and not man. Follow me and don't follow man. I don't care. They, They walked out. That's between them and God. I had to come to that place where I followed God and not man. That's the one thing that consoled me. Listen, believer, in your time when your feet are at the fire, it may be the only thing that comforts you, but a word from the Lord will give you comfort enough to stand when everything is falling apart. He was persuaded. 
He was persuaded. He was convinced. He didn't go by what he's seen. He went by the word of the Lord. And then the word, the Bible says this. He embraced them. I ask you a question this morning. Have you embraced what the Lord has spoken to your heart? Have you embraced the promises of God? Or do you do like me sometimes? And I embrace them when everything is going good. And then I put them back on the table when things are not going good. I'm preaching good. I latch on to them. Oh, I know without a doubt this is going to come to pass. And the devil comes in. My faith is tried. Looks like nothing's coming together. I set it back on the table. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen or not. Abraham didn't do that. He embraced. The word embrace literally means here to latch on, to fold your arms around, and to latch your hands, to embrace. Look, if somebody reaches around you and latches their hands and, uh, the, to, together and squeezes you and holds you real tight, I want you to understand that's not an easy hold to break. Abraham didn't intend to ever let go. He said, God gave me this word. I am persuaded, so therefore I will embrace. I'm latched on. I will not let go. I will not quit believing. These promises are mine. The promises of God are yes and amen, and I refuse to be persuaded by the things that are going on around here. So i got to ask you, have you embraced them, or are you latching on and putting back? Okay. Have you embraced them, or are you do like I do sometimes? Everybody wore the halos this morning, and we latch on and we put them back. We latch on, we put, come on, I'm believing today, not believing tomorrow. I'm believing today, and I'm not sure about tomorrow. I don't know if it'll ever happen or not. Abraham didn't do that. He embraced, or he persuaded. And then he embraced. Now, because he persuaded, he embraced. He says, we're, we're just strangers and pilgrims here anyway. In other words, this world was not his home. It was temporary. It was just passing through. And I want to leave you with this. i got to go back. The promises are far off. We're a right now people. Okay. Me and Brother Wes are right now people. We are a right now. I want it right now. I don't want to wait. I want it right now. I don't want to wait for the promises of God. I don't want to look at them afar off. I don't, am I the only one that don't really want to go through the trial? Okay, three or four of us. We don't want to go through the trial. Some of you didn't, amen. So when I'm going through a trial, I'll just let, ask God if you can have it. I'm just kidding. But we're looking to journey, but we don't really want the journey. I'm of the children of Israel took 38 years longer to get on a two-year journey. I would have been upset. But nevertheless... Right now doesn't always work for the Lord. See, if we're believing God for our family, if you come, if I come up, I've got to preach to me. If I come up in a prayer line, I'm asking God for my family on Sunday morning. Well, I expect them to be there Sunday night. Sunday night. Pews be full. Amen? That's the way we are. We're believing God. We're called. He 
you think about it, we have the easier part. We're called to obey, to exercise faith and obey. God's called to perform. Nothing Abraham and Sarah could do to have a baby. But God was called to perform. How did he stay persuaded? And how did he embrace? Now I back up to the beginning. From the natural to the spiritual. How did he embrace and how was he persuaded? He kept his faith in Christ. Well, we know it's, he kept his faith in God. We know it's Christ. And he looked ahead. He looked ahead. He looked for a city. So if we look ahead, we're looking for the fulfillment of the promise, and that's where our hearts should be stayed upon. Let me say this, and I'm going to hush. Abraham. The example, if we would have read on, was when Abraham is taking his only son Isaac upon the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice. Now watch this. Here's what is in Abraham's heart. My seed shall be as many as the sand on the sea and as the stars in the sky. That's what's in his heart. That's what he's looking at. God says, Abraham, take Isaac upon the mountain and sacrifice him. He has no other children. When God spoke that word to him for him to carry out what he carried out, in Abraham's heart had to be, my seed shall be as many as the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky. Gather up the things for the offering and the sacrifice. Call two of his servants. Go ahead and get ready. Pack up the, the donkeys. We're making a journey. We're going to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. You know what he was thinking when he was packing up and getting ready for a sacrifice? My seed shall be as many as the sand on the sea and the stars in the sky. Goes on the journey, gets to the foot of the mountain. You know what he's thinking? Oh, my seed shall be as many as the stars that are in the sky. And he gets at the bottom of the mountain. He says, servants, y'all gonna, you're going to stay here. Me and Isaac are going to offer up a sacrifice. We'll be back after a while. He packs up Isaac. He carries the wood. He carries the fire. Everything he needs. You know what's in Abraham's heart? My seed shall be the, sand, the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. Makes his journey up on that mountain going up to offer a sacrifice and gets to the place where the sacrifice is going to be. But do you know what Abraham is thinking? Oh, with every step, God, you promised me that my seed shall be as many as the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. Uh, he's got Isaac following him and Isaac is asking questions. Dad, we got everything we need here, but we don't have the sacrifice uh, and God, or Abraham, answers him uh, saying, God shall provide himself for a sacrifice. You know what Abraham's thinking? My seed shall be as many as the sand on the sea and the stars that are in the sky. He takes Isaac. He binds him up in his heart. He's got to be thinking, my seed uh, shall be as many as the stars in the sky. Lays him down. My seed uh, shall be as many as the stars in the sky. Raises up his hand. And God says, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham, now I know you do not offer your only son, Isaac, for there's a ram caught in the thicket. I bet it doesn't say it in Scripture, but I bet Abraham had him a Pentecostal fit. Then my seed shall be as many as the sand on the sea and the stars in the sky. You know what Abraham did? 
He was persuaded. And he embraced. And because he embraced, he looked ahead. Faith worship center, I come to tell you this morning. (laughs) From the natural to the spiritual. There are some promises that are afar off. There's some promises that are afar off for your family. There's some promises that are afar off for your church. There's some promises that are afar off for your youth group. Uh, There's some promises that are afar off uh, in your own individual life. I come to tell you this morning, everything about the enemy of your soul is to get you to quit believing. Uh, But don't go by what you see. Uh, Look not to the left. Look not to the right. Keep your eyes stayed upon the promises of God, your faith in Christ, and what He did for you on the cross of Calvary because God is a God that can not fail you. He can't fail you. The promises are afar off. But Abraham believed them like they were already. You know what? Even so much he said this. If I offer him for a sacrifice, God's going to have to raise him back alive. He's going to have to raise him back up. I'm believing God for some promises that are afar off. But I've judged God faithful. I'm only 41 year old, regardless of what Miss Abby thinks. I'm only 41. And as I look back in 41 years, I could be like Sarah and say, I've not always been faithful to God. But He's always been faithful to me. Why would I not believe that He's going to remain faithful? Listen, get your eyes off of what's going on and get your eyes spiritually on faith in what God has promised you. The promises that are far off, they are just as good as already being done. If God spoke it, if God spoke it to you, they are as good as done because God can't go back on His Word. The promises that are far off is the promises that I'm believing God for today. Would you come, Brother Jeff? Would you stand with me, congregation? I want to ask you this morning to bow your head just a moment. Close your eyes with me. Let me make my altar call. Nobody looking around because we're being reverent to the Holy Spirit, reverent to one another. But this morning, I never can leave out salvation. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. And I don't know this morning if you are born again, if you have a relationship with Christ, or if that relationship is broken and not what it's supposed to be. But I want to tell you this morning, the greatest promise that was ever given to this world was in the form of a man by the name of Jesus Christ. He is the promised seed. He's the one that came to make a way to bridge us back to the Lord when we were separated We were separated in relationship with God. There is no greater promise. If you're here this morning and you are born again, there is nothing greater that God could ever do for you than to put your name in the Lamb's book of life. This morning, if you're here and you're not sure about that relationship, I just want to tell you that that promise stands true. 
And it's fulfilled when we obey from the heart. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus come to die for me. And by faith, I accept him today. This morning, I got to start this way. If you're here and you're not sure about your relationship with God, and you say, I want you to pray for me when you pray because I don't want really to refuse the greatest promise that was ever given to this world. Would you slip your hand up and put it right back down real quickly? Thank you, God, for this hand. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord, for this hand. Come on, you're here and you're just not sure. Would you slip your hand up and put it right back down real quickly? Anyone else? Thank you, Lord, for this hand. You're here and you're just not sure about that relationship. You say, I want you to pray for me when you pray. Would you slip your hand up and put it right back down real quickly? I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. All right, we thank God for these hands. Here's my next altar call. One of the things that stuck out to me the most in the scriptures is the fact that because Abraham looked afar off, he was able to embrace the things of God. He latched on. And through all of the things that he was tried by, he never let go of what God promised him deep in his heart. This morning, I'd be the first to admit this and say, I'm not where Abraham was at just yet. Because I'm guilty of embracing that promise and then putting that promise back and thinking it just ain't never going to happen. And in my spirit this morning, that's where I need to be at in this altar call. I believe this morning that there's some here that God has promised some big things. But because of the severity of the trial, I found myself placing them back on the table and thinking, God, it just won't never happen. This morning, I'm here for you. I come to tell you this morning, if God has promised it to you in your heart, regardless of what you are going through in this life, the truth of the matter is that promise is still yours. And if you will embrace them by faith, then God is held to His Word. He has to perform it. If you will believe, God has to perform it. So my altar call this morning, you're here. You say, God has gave me a promise. But if I was honest today, I'd put it back on the table. But I'd sure like to take it back off and embrace it and look ahead to what I'm believing God for. Because if I'll do my part, if I keep believing, then God is bound to perform it. Let me do this this morning to start this way. If you're here and you say, that's me, I'm guilty of placing it back on the table. Would you slip your hand up and put it right back down? My Lord. Anybody else? Come on. Lord, watching your hands. Thank you, God, for this hand. Hands up all across the building. Thank you, Lord, for these hands. Oh, this is my altar call as we mix those in that needs prayer for their relationship with the Lord. I know who you are. 
If you say, I'm here, I just want to take it by faith back off the table and embrace it this morning and believe God for it. Would you come? Would you find yourself a place to pray? Would you say, by faith, God, by faith. Come on, hands went up all across this building this morning. All across this building. Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come? God's made you a promise. You've been wavering in your faith, but today we say, hey, I'm going to believe God for it. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your ministry. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your children. I don't know what it is. But today, by faith, by coming, what we're doing, we're saying, God, I embrace it again. I'm going to embrace that promise. Would you come this morning? Anybody else, would you come? Come on. It's a good time to pray. Come on, people still coming. We're going to embrace a promise by faith in Christ and what He did for me on the cross of Calvary. Because of what Jesus has done, all things are made available to me. Come on, would you come this morning? All right, here's what I need. I need people to come. Gather around your church family. Pray for them. Let them feel your hand upon their back. Sam, we're believing with you. We're trusting God with you today. We're believing God for that promise today. Come on, would you find somebody, pray with them, and ask the Lord to strengthen their faith, to encourage them. Come on, families, get with families, whatever it is. Church family, come help me today. Let's pray one for another. Would you sing? Let's worship today. It's a good time to pray. Come on, just pray. If you got nothing else to pray for, you can say, God, thank you for your promises. Thank you that all you asked of me is to believe you for them, to advertise faith in them. Come on, call on the Lord today. Let's pray and let's ask God. And let's thank God for his promises today. Blessed assurance For Jesus is mine And oh, what a foretaste Glory divine And ever salvation Purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Oh, and this is my story. Oh, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Well, this is my story. Well, this is my song. Praising my Savior. All the day long Oh, and this is my story oh, this is my song oh, Praising my Savior 
day long Oh, and this is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day Come on, sing this with him. You know it this morning. It's an old one. Oh, and blessed, blessed assurance. But Jesus, Jesus is mine. Thank you, Lord, for that. And oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Oh, an heir of salvation. Think about it. A purchase of God. of God. I was born, born of the Spirit. Spirit. Hallelujah. And washed in His blood. Oh, and this, this is, is my story. Hallelujah. Is this your story this morning? Well, this, this is, is my, my song. song. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For praising my, my Savior all the day, day long. long. Oh, and this, this is, is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. All the day long. Amen and amen. You know, there's nothing the devil can do to keep the promises of God from you except to try to get us to quit believing. As long as we keep believing, God will do his part. Amen. Amen. We thank you so much for being here today. If you are blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.